the grief, you learn to self-analyze and think about your own life. Think about the voids or the pieces that if you were to die and that, you know, tomorrow or the next day or whenever, are you truly living up to your fullest potential? Welcome to the Confidence Council podcast. This show is designed for high achieving women who, despite having a great life, just know that they're destined for more. Whether you aren't sure what that next level is, or you have an idea, but the vision feels out of reach, then this podcast is for you. My name is Monica Burkoff. I'm a trial lawyer, a mom, and a wife. And I'm here because I know from my own experience that feeling stuck or unfulfilled does not have to be your reality. With a positive mindset and the right counsel, you too can create the life of your dreams. My hope and intention for this podcast is that you walk away feeling confident, motivated, and inspired to embrace your authentic self and to take bold action toward your dream life. Are you ready to get started? All rise. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Confidence Council podcast. It is your host, Monica Burkoff. I am so excited to let you all in on a beautiful conversation that I had today with my dear friend, Kara Sanchez. So Kara is the author of Legacy Letters, a guided journal that she wrote after her mom's very sudden death. We talk about life after profound loss and how Kara was able to channel her pain and grief into creating this book, which is something that she wished that she had when her mom passed. We also talk about this concept of like divine inspiration and how she got the idea to do this journal, opened her computer, and wrote a third of a book in one sitting. So if you get a thought that seems crazy, maybe it's a download and you start acting right away before your mind steps in and gives you all the reasons why you shouldn't, why it won't work, why you don't have the time, why it might fail, just listen to the download and go. That is, Carol will share the story, but like when she mentioned this to our like friend group, hey, I'm thinking about this. We're like, go, 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 go. Don't stop. Don't think about it. Just go. And she said she wrote a third of the book that afternoon, which is incredible. Something else I didn't realize fully was just how much of a role friends really played in propelling Kara to listen to that calling when she decided to write that book. And I'm so honored and proud to say that um, on the dedication page of her book, she included a note that said, special thanks to my mama tribe um, for encouraging me to find my highest path. And again, it's just a testament to you are the sum of the five people you spend the most time with talk to. So if your friends are not pushing you to grow, to be better, to challenge yourself, reassess the people that you're spending your time with. Really think about, are these people helping me move forward and share my gifts and be my full authentic self? So just something to think about. This conversation was so beautiful. It And it's, 
you know, when you read the title and you see something about grief or death, it's not a sexy topic necessarily, but it's a necessary topic, something that we're all going to have to deal with if we haven't already at this point in our lives. And it's just, it's really important and Kara frames it in such a lovely way. And she's really making something beautiful here out of a tragic loss. So I, I think you guys are going to get a lot out of this one. I'm really excited to share it. So without further ado, here's my sweet and amazing friend, Kara. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Confidence Council podcast. Today on the show, I am joined by one of my best friends, my sorority sister, one of my BFFs, Kara Sanchez. Say what's up, Kara. Welcome to the show. Oh my gosh, this is a treat. Good, good. I'm excited to share you with everybody. So you guys have met Katie, which is my other best friend. Maybe I think it was like episode 10 or something. One of my most listened to episodes, um, maybe because of the banter and like just the friendship and the vibes. And you're, I, I can I can tell you, you're going to get it here today too. We're going to talk about a, something a little bit deeper, um, but I think you'll still feel that same sort of love and friendship between Kara and I, because we've been really good friends since how long? Oh my gosh, 2005. Right? 2005. Ew, I just got goosebumps. We're old. 2005, so freshman year of college. So yeah. Kara and I went to Illinois State. We rushed the same sorority, and the rest is history. Yeah, the rest is history and magic. I love it. So much yeah. magic. So I'm so happy to have you on the show today. It's always a treat to interview my besties. And it's funny because we don't talk like this to this, you know, like this like interviewish format. It's always just kind of like busting each other's balls kind of thing. And yeah. so I'm excited to kind of like dive deep with you today. Yeah. So Kara, let's start with, tell the listeners who you are Uh and just a little bit more about like what you do. And then we'll dive into the other stuff. Sure. So um, I am Kara. I live about what, 30 minutes from you in the Chicagoland area. Uh, I have a husband who was prior military and I have two daughters and they are both um, engaged to be married to your children. So that's exciting. That's right. That's right. Because I, I have two boys. She has two girls. They're very close in age. So, <laughs> so at least have, one. At least yeah, one. It'll yeah. be a crazy wedding. They'll, they'll have this awesome recording to play down the road when they're married and mm-hmm. it'll all be beautiful. We're going to embarrass the sh- shit out of them on their wedding day. I cannot sure. wait. Um, but yeah, I'm a high school Spanish teacher and I don't know. I'm just a lover of life. I love to explore, try new things, travel. That's like the, the snapshot, I would say. Um, yeah. And, and let, let's t- tell the listeners a little bit about Kara in college, oh just gosh. so they get a whole picture. <laughs> so Kara in college was obnoxious, a little sloppy, um, very oh outgoing. Um, I feel like very spontaneous and goofy, silly. I mean, we used to watch like those stupid YouTube videos back when like that was first a thing, like, oh my God, shoes. And I don't know, we would (laughs) call people and yeah, we were probably some of those girls that people wanted to mute sometimes because we were just so obnoxious. So I think that that's where I used to be. And I feel like today I'm still that person, but just more matured and maybe more, um, I don't know. Not as not as childish, I would say, but I still I still yeah, have my but moments. You, yeah, so my my. But you still moments. have all of those qualities, like the goofy, the spontaneous, the you know all that stuff, the adventure. You still have all that. It's just yeah, maybe not as obnoxious as we used to be, which is yeah. I think a good thing, honestly, <laughs> for the world. Down. Okay, so um, we're talking today about something that's a little bit 
different than what I've had on the show lately. And I think that the reason that I wanted to have you on here is because the message is so important. And so um, Kara uh, lost her mom very suddenly. And um, from that, obviously, it went through a lot of grief and a lot of emotion and just a huge life change. But through that emerged this really beautiful gift that she is now paying for to the world. And so I don't want to spoil it. I want you to tell us what you've created and sure. then we'll go into kind of what led, what led up to that. Sure. So what I've created is a guided journal and it's called Legacy Letters and like subtitle, Leaving, Loves, Leaving Love for Those Who Remain. And the premise was because my mom died so unexpectedly, it left a giant void and a hole in my heart. And I just wanted more conversations with her, especially about things that are a little bit deeper in life. My mom and I always had a fun friendship, I feel like, and a good relationship, but we didn't necessarily always make space for those deeper conversations. And so I think everyone understands that, like, yes, when someone dies, they're gone, but I don't think you truly process what that really is like until you're in that position. And all of a sudden you're like, wait, I no longer have the ability to ask my mom any of the questions that I feel like I could, I still have unanswered, you know? And so one of the first thoughts that came to mind when I found out that I lost my mom was like almost this intrusive thought that I will one day leave in the same fashion where my daughters will be like, wait, what the heck? Like mom's gone. We don't get to have any more conversations. So I guess my thought was that I wanted to create a journal um, from experience of all the wish, all the things I wish I could talk to about my mom um, for others. So that way they have the opportunity to really dive deep and think about all of these different types of messages that you would want to leave behind to your children. Um, that was my you know, initial thought. But then obviously other people can stem from that. You can leave that to your grandchildren, your nieces, your nephews, your godchildren, your friends, whoever. You know, It doesn't have to be just your kids. You don't have to be a mom to purchase it. But um, yeah, that's basically what the journal is. And it's broken down into different sections. And it you know, can be something fun and frivolous and goofy where you do just kind of get to the um, meat of who the person was, and then it gets deeper and more profound as the journal goes goes forth. So that way, you really are leaving down, leaving um, written down, almost like a, a family heirloom that you could pass down to your your kids or whoever you know, whoever's next. Had you ever have you ever considered writing a book or doing anything like this before your mom passed? No, absolutely not. Um, Okay. So yeah, that's kind of interesting. And that's a good question that you brought that up because I never thought that for myself, really. Yeah. So, so something that I want to focus on during our conversation is like people that are, you know, that word purpose or are feeling disconnected or lost in life. I mean, after obviously a profound loss, like you experienced, what is the first, like, what is the feeling? How do you feel about life after, after a loss like that? Okay. So I feel like Grief is such a complicated state to be in. And one, grief is something that once you are in it and once you experience it, it's it's with me forever. Like it's never going to go away. So I think through the grief, you learn to 
self-analyze and think about your own life. Think about the voids or the pieces that if you were to die and that, you know, tomorrow or the next day or whenever, are you truly living up to your fullest potential? So I think that is, I guess, one of the positive things about grief is that it does kind of give you that self-reflection piece. Maybe that's not the initial th the thought process. Um, it does go through stages, but I guess that's one of the positive things. And I don't know, I guess it just gives you much more of a profound appreciation for what life has to offer. And although there are days that are woven in that are just so miserable and so tough and it sucks the life out of you and you just feel sad, there are other days where you get those glimmers and you're like, oh my gosh, this is the good parts of life though. And so I guess it's this balancing act that comes out of grief that you you learn to appreciate all of the good and you learn to grow from all of the bad, I would say. So I've found that I feel like everybody has their own journey. And I found, you know, personally that motherhood had really exposed something within me like that I felt disconnected from myself. Do you felt feel like grief kind of brought on something similar? Like who am I? What is this all for? Kind of kind of questions. Yeah, because it, it almost causes you to have like an out-of-body experience where you're like, wait, what? Like, this isn't how I expected my life to be. And yeah, it definitely triggers this. What is this all? What, what is this all about? Like, what, what is our purpose? Why are we here? Why are we experiencing so much pain? And for me, while sitting in the pain is important, that's not what I wanted to sit in forever. And that's not to say that I don't have days where I sit in my pain, but I would definitely, for me, the type of person I am is I wanted to find the good in it if I could. Um, not to say that like, oh, I'm happy that my mom died. Of course not. But I am happy that I'm able to take something so horrible and tragic that happened in my life and somehow turn it around to, I know I would be making her proud, I guess is all I could say. Yeah, that's so beautiful. Would you be would you be willing to share the story of how it all kind of went down in that like day and day before? Yeah. So I feel like this is such a wild story because it was oh my gosh, I don't even know where to start because it, it it does go back months before she even passed. But yeah, tell us tell us all of it. Yeah, I would say that. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll I'll do abbreviated, but still like go back a little bit. I will say that. Prior to my mom's death, like we were in a weird spot. We were just arguing a lot and just, it truly doesn't matter what we were arguing about at this point, but it was just, it was a turbulent time in our relationship. And there was just something inside of me and I don't know how to describe it. It was just like these thoughts that kept coming in of you need to fix this and you need to fix this. And it was almost a sense of urgency. And it's not like I predicted that something was going to happen, but it was just this feeling of wanting to solidify a copacetic relationship with my mom. And before you go on, I have to just I just I like feel so called to just share this. Do you remember while you guys were fighting, I randomly messaged you like this paragraph about like forgiveness is for you and not for her and like or something like that. I yeah. felt I have to tell this to her right now. Like yes, it was literally probably that. we were having this at the same time this like yeah. I, like, again, this, like, energy, this, like, divine, I don't know, it's so crazy. Okay, but keep going. Okay. I felt yes. like I had now, to just Yeah, that now that you say that, I, I do remember that. I just got the goosebumps. Anyway, um, that was crazy. Mm -hmm. So, 
at the time also, um, while we were kind of bickering and things like that, um, I was pregnant and it was last summer, last end of last May and I had COVID and I called my doctor to let her know what was up and I didn't know if I needed to be on any like special treatment plans or anything like that. She was like, no, you're fine. Just, you know, monitor, stay home, hydrate, whatever. And it was fine. I healed up within two days, but then, you know, after a couple days of having COVID and um, just being home on summer break, I just could tell something was going on in my body. And I had previously gone into labor early with my first daughter. So I just knew, I'm like, oh my gosh, this baby's coming. And I just knew it was a month early. I was like, I can't give birth now. It's, it's June. I'm not due until July. So I was a little hesitant to go to the hospital, but um, after like 12 hours of contractions at home, I was like, yeah, we need to go. So I called the hospital, called my doctor, and I just wanted to double check that, you know, everything would be okay because technically I still had COVID, even though my symptoms were gone. She was like, oh yeah, it should be fine. Don't worry about it. Yeah, just come on in. And on the way there, she called me back and said, hey, um, sorry, there's a small change in plans. You are going to come in and we'll verify that you are in fact in labor. And then once that happens, then your husband can come up, but he cannot accompany you until we confirm that you're in labor. And so we did that. And it's this point, you're in the car with your husband on the way to the hospital, yeah, right? Yeah. And okay, I know- dropped I think, off your other daughter. Um, we had someone come to our house to watch her. Okay. So, yeah. Um, and I, I just took their word for it. I didn't think that it was going to be an issue. But then as I get upstairs and they're like, oh, yeah, you're in labor. And then this nurse had like horrible bedside manner and was just like, oh, and by the way, your husband can't come. And I'm like, what? Like, I didn't, I literally was shitting myself. Like, this is awful. Um, just pure panic. And, you know, even more motherhood fun things. Like I was trying to have a VBAC, like all, you know, this whole birth plan that I had in my head just instantly like vanished because I was just so panicked. Like, I'm like, I don't have my support mm -hmm. person. This Mike was supposed to, my husband, Mike was supposed to be the one that was going to help make sure all these things were going to happen. And I just felt this sheer panic. So I called Mike and I was like crying and just like, oh, they're not going to let you up. Like I'm panicking. I don't know what to do. I can't do this alone. So he ended up calling my mom and my mom came and yeah, they let her up because she was COVID negative and you know, long story short. Did you know that she was coming? He, yeah. He called me to let me know like, Hey, like I called your mom. She's on her way. So she was at, there within a half hour. And, um, yeah, long story short, I had my baby. Um, and my was mom she in was, the room with you. Yes. Um, I had a C-section. So the, the view back did not work. She, <laughs> um, my mom's the type of person that like truly knows everyone. She's like the unofficial mayor of um, where we live. And one of the nurses that was in the operating room, my mom was like, Oh, hi. <laughs> like she knew her. So oh, wow. it was one of her like former students. So I thought that was really funny, but, um, yeah, she was there. And, um, the next day Mike woke up and in the she, morning. and she obviously would not have been there, right? Yes. If she would not have been there, the plan was to have your husband only no mom in that yes. room, right? Yes. Correct. Okay. And the crazy part is, is that one, I it was a full month early Two, my mom was getting ready to leave on a trip to Italy, uh, Italy and Greece. And three little did I know that, you know, five days later she was going to die. So it's just very wild how that all worked out. And the next morning, Mike woke up and he tested negative. 
like literally the night before he tried to test like multiple times to get a negative result so he could be there with me and after like the third negative or the third positive test he like gave up and called my mom so it's just kind of crazy that within 12 hours like positive 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 and then the next morning it's like nope mm-hmm. now you're you're good mm-hmm. go up so yeah the next day they were like oh yeah no problem come on up sir and the nurse was nice enough to let my mom stay for a little bit um but i was supposed to only have one visitor so eventually she left and it was in my head i was like that's fine mom like don't worry about it you go on your trip have fun you know drink the sangria and wine and limoncello have the pasta just go have the time of your life and then when you come back we're gonna need a babysitter you know and yeah like she walked out and like that's like a mental this is like the one part that gets me emotional like that's like a mental image that I have of like her walking out of the room and like at the time I didn't think that was the last time I would ever see her and that was it um so you know jump ahead a few days later when they're you know getting ready to leave on their trip and I'm texting with my mom and I could just tell that something felt weird because she was very short on her messages. And um, it comes to find out that like she was not feeling well leading up to the trip. And my dad messaged me from her phone um, when they first arrived. And he's like, hey, I just want to let you know, like your mom had a really bad flight. She's not feeling well. We're going to take her to the pharmacy and hopefully get her some medicine in the morning. And like in my head, I was worried about her, but nothing to the extent of the next day when I wake up, I would find that she had expired. So yeah, my dad called me and we were still at the hospital. My daughter, because she was born a month early, was in the NICU for um, about a week and a half. And yeah, just getting that phone call when you're like trying to breastfeed your child is like super traumatic, (laughs) awful. Um, I feel like the nurses like heard me screaming in the hallway and they must have assumed like something crazy was going on, which obviously it was, but man, it was, that was rough. Just trying to combat those two, like that's a lifetime high, like having a child. And then within, you know, a couple hours, a couple days, like a lifetime low, like losing a parent. So that dichotomy is wild to me. And I still don't really understand how I processed it all. Um, I think I'm still probably processing it a little bit now. And I think that that's why doing the work that I'm doing right now is helpful to me because I'm able to channel all of that negative emotion into something that I know is helping people. And it gives me like a positive outlet instead of just staying super dark with it. But yeah, so that's essentially the story of how I lost my mom and how I gained a child and everything at at once. It's crazy. I mean, beyond, beyond crazy. Like, so now looking back, knowing what you know now mm-hmm. with the test being negative or positive, positive and then negative and her, and her, like, how do you think about all of that now? I mean, obviously in the moment you're like, what the fuck? Where My mom can't, my husband can't come, but like it all worked out. Right. And now yeah. you wouldn't have had that last moment with her, which is like such a life high. Yeah. Right. Yeah. If it hadn't worked out that way. Yeah. What do you think about all of that? Um, I think I just, yeah, I can I can appreciate how it all happened. And I feel like in a weird way, it gives me a sense of peace because if that was in fact her time to leave, I feel like God or whoever, you know, was looking out for the situation and trying to make sure that 
everything, although I was going to, you know, my life was going to implode, like it was still going to implode with like a little bow on top. I don't know. <laughs> it's just. Yeah, I know. It's like no good way to implode, I guess. But yeah. Wow. So, you know, I'm going to knock on wood. I haven't had, so I haven't suffered a loss like you have um, in my life yet. I know that we all will, right, at some point. And so that's yeah. why this is such an important conversation. But when you think about your mom, do you think about that last moment with her or do you think about like a feeling overall or like how do you – like when you think about her, how do you think of her? I think for the longest time I did think about that last moment because it – although it was beautiful, it like almost haunted me a little bit and it was just like how is that the end, you know? But um, I think the farther I get away from like the departure date, um, I would say that I do think of her as a whole now and just – the memories that I had growing up with her or who she was to me um, as a support system and as a friend. And I don't know, we used to get into this like mischief together. I feel like she was a little troublemaker too, which is probably explains a lot about who I am, you know, and the apple totally. doesn't fall too mm-hmm. far from the tree, but nope. yeah, I, th- it, I think that's why it was so hard for me to believe that she had died at 57 because my mom was the type of person that just had so much life in her. So it just didn't make sense in my brain how, how that all happened. But um, I don't know, I guess that's life, you know, you don't get to plan anything. So I think that that's why these journals are important because it does give us that sense of control back um, in a, a weird way. Like, although we can't decide, predict when, we're going to leave, at least we know that we're leaving everyone with the tools that they need in their toolbox to continue forward with their life with joy. Because I think that a lot of people get stuck there where they're grieving and they don't want to quote unquote move on, which I feel like is like the worst way to say it. I, I like to, I prefer to say like you want to move forward with your life because like I feel like moving on implies that it's like a check in the box. Leaving them and behind. You're leaving them behind. But I think moving forward is a, a better way to put it because you still have to live your life and you have to learn to live, live your life without them. You just bring pieces of them or you carry them in your heart while you're moving forward. So I think get, when you leave something like that, it's almost like you're giving those people permission to continue on and continue to search for joy. Cause yeah, when you're in, when you're in the, the thick of it, it's really hard to think about putting one foot in front of the other at, in the moment. And and especially, I feel like throw postpartum emotions and pain and all of that on top of it. I mean, the fact that you've come out swinging and like thriving is an incredible feat in of itself. So, like for those who are maybe suffering a a more recent loss, or maybe other people like me who haven't had that yet, what can what are the stages that you've gone through at least? And I know I'm sure for everyone it's probably a little different, but what does it look like for you? And and when did it get to a point where you're like, okay, I'm ready to move forward? Yes. So I feel like there's so many like grief analogies and I think everyone's most familiar with like the different stages of grief, which I've learned are complete BS because that, again, the stage implies that like it's like stepping stones and like you get somewhere with it and that's it, not how it is. I feel like it's truly like one big scribble and any given day you're somewhere on the scribbly line. I guess another thing that I find helpful or like a visualization of describing what it's like is that at the very beginning you think of grief as like this big black thick book that you have and it's so heavy and 
it's almost like your calculus book in your backpack. And you're like, oh, I hate carrying this thing around. And it's like all you can think about. It just sits on that bookshelf. And God, that thing is so ugly. I don't want to look at it anymore. It just it makes your life miserable. But as life goes on, you add more to your bookshelf. So you can add the flowers and you add picture books and you know other things that you enjoy out of life. And so, yes, that black book is always going to remain on that shelf forever. And it's always going to be a part of your vocabulary and the things that you see on a daily basis, but eventually other beautiful things will also be incorporated onto that bookshelf. So there's more balance. And, you know, as time goes on, that's not going to be the sole focus. And so for me, I would say like, that's the best way to describe or how to think about grief, because if you're newly grieving, you're probably like, oh my gosh, this book is so heavy. I don't want to carry it around anymore. But like, don't worry, it's, it's, other things are coming for you, right? And yeah, if you don't know what grief is like, I feel like that also kind of describes it as well, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So at what point did you get this inspiration to create this journal? Well, you're, you're part of the story. Um, <laughs> so I think like just all of us girls, um, we have like this little side mama group chat. And I feel like we're always just bouncing ideas off of each other. And um, for me, it I don't, I don't remember why I was thinking about it. I was doing laundry and just thinking about how I was never going to talk to my mom again. And I was like, man, this sucks. Like, I wish I saved like more cards or more letters or anything like that. And that's when I think I messaged you guys. And I was like, I think I have an idea. Like, what if we created a, a book that you could write letters to your loved ones. And like us as moms, we're all like drooling over that idea, right? Like, oh, I want to write letters mm-hmm. and leave things for you know our kids. But the day that I thought of it, I started immediately because you told me I had to. <laughs> so I did? What did I yeah. say? You said, Kara, you have to take bullet action on this, like immediately do it. And so um, it was funny because I was home alone that day. It was me with my, my two kids and my husband was out taking like a, a test, uh, a test for his work. And he was gone for a couple hours. And when he came home, he was like, so what have you been doing all day? I'm like, well, I started writing a book. He's like, what? (laughs) (laughs) No big deal. No big deal. Actually, that's even like another crazy thing is because he, on his way to his test, was like, um, his mom also passed away. He was like talking to his mom out loud and was like, mom, like helped me pass this test, whatever. And uh, he's like, you know, I miss you. Like, send me a sign. And he's like, actually, no, like, I'm so bad at like receiving signs. I always miss them. He's like, send Kara a sign. And no way. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's just kind of crazy how um, when he came home and I told him that he was like, what the heck? Like, I don't know. So wow. it, the world works in mysterious ways. I don't know. So where did the prompts start coming from? Things that conversations that you wish you had had with yeah. her? Yeah, that's where they started from. And then from there, I feel like it just expanded. Um, the day that I started, I want to say I wrote like nearly a third of them. Like I just started, I opened my computer and just like went to town. And I don't know how to describe it, but I do feel like when something just jives with like almost your purpose, I would say, I don't know, it just flows out of you. Like you don't know how to turn it off. Oh my God. And yes. Yes. So. Yes. I totally feel that. I, I've read that it's called being in the flow and yeah. time is just whizzing by. You have no idea. And you're just pumping out this product that is like literally divinely inspired. And that is like alignment to me, yeah. you know, yeah. like 
Okay, so we pumped out a third of the book. Can you just share some of the prompts so the listeners have an idea of what kind of uh, prompts are yeah. in the book? You know, there's like some words of wisdom and like milestone prompts. So like if for whatever reason you are not able to be there for like graduations, weddings, um, when they're parents, things like that. And then like really deep ones, like thoughts about um, life's purpose or keys to success. This is one of my favorite ones because it was definitely inspired by my mom or some like the verbiage that she would use, I feel like it, it kind of came to me. When the milk turns sour, sometimes things in life have an expiration date, relationships, friendships, jobs, etc. Here's some advice on knowing your worth and when it's time to walk away. So I feel like that one's really good because sometimes you need like that kick from someone being like, this is no longer good for you. Like this is not serving you anymore. So it's time to really focus on, you know, what it is that makes you smile and chase those things. So that one just stood out to me right now as I'm flipping through. Some of the ones towards the beginning, like I said, it starts off a little bit more light and fun. Those ones I think are cool because it's like an about me section. And right now I I look for ways to be close to my mom, right? And sometimes when I open that book and I think about, um, although she, she can't fill it out for herself, I know like what her favorite books and what her favorite movie and what her favorite music is and all that kind of stuff and her treats and snacks and so I know that I can then, you know, go get myself like her favorite ice cream or I can turn on like one of her playlists that she shared with me on Spotify or I can watch one of her favorite movies. And that that's a way that I still get to experience life with her in a weird way. So that I think is an important part of the, the journal as well. So it, it really honestly varies. Like some are supposed to make you smile and laugh and some might make you cry, but that's you know, that's life, right? So <laughs> Yeah. So do you have you filled one out yet for your girls? No, not yet. Um, I think that is something that I plan to start soon, but it is like a little bit triggering still for me. Although like even though I wrote it, mm. it's like hard being in the mind space of like maybe not being there for them. So um Yeah. yeah. But yes, that is something that I plan to do. I, I wrote it with the intention of it being somewhat generic and you can kind of decide who the prompts go to. But I personally feel like I'm going to end up writing one for each kid only because I think the messages will change based off of like their personality and who they are as people. And I also think too that even though I start it at some point, like I personally would like to have it over like the course of their growing up period. So it's not all just like written in a year, like as life, as we go through life's like hurdles together, that's when I would like to fill it out. And when certain instances or things happen that I feel like relate to one of the prompts, then I would fill it in for them. This whole concept of legacy, because the journal is called Legacy Letters. And this whole concept of legacy is like, just such an important reminder for all of us. Like, you know, I have, I have a book, I gave a book to my mom, I bought a book for myself. I've got, you know, two boys that are almost three and under two, but I've never had those deep conversations with them. And like, so, you know, it's a, I'm going to start writing in it because, um, because I do want to be able to leave some advice for them because I don't know what's going to happen to me tomorrow. You know, you try to live a healthy life, but you don't know. But I was just thinking like, you've also parlayed this into an Instagram Yes. And um, you're sharing some like tips with grief on Instagram. And I was just thinking like, if I were to die tomorrow or if you were to die tomorrow, even though we hadn't filled out our, our books yet, 
we are living, leaving behind, like for me, this podcast. So they'll get a flavor of who I am, like some advice yeah. for you. You're leaving all these tips and tricks about, you know, overcoming grief and funny little things about um, seeing the bright side of life. And, and so that's a legacy in of itself, you mm-hmm. know? And so yeah. that's why I think it's like so important that everybody creates something like for themselves, because it's not just for like your own life purpose and feeling inspired and fulfilled, but you're leaving a legacy for your kids, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, that's so true. And I don't know. I just feel like in a weird way, grief and death makes you realize how precious life is. And I think one of my reels that I posted yesterday, like life is like magically mortal, right? And like, that's something that came to me the other day. I don't know like where it came from, but yeah, like I hate to say it, but like, yeah, we're all going to die. So we need to accept that fact. And then just that that's when the magic's going to happen. So we're magically mortal. <laughs> oh, I love that. Tell us a little bit about what, how, how you transitioned into the Instagram and what you're sharing on Instagram and why. Yeah. So, you know, originally I like the purpose was to just like promote my book. And then there has been several other people who are in the grief space that, you know, I was following and I guess it's like a couple of different reasons why I decided to do it. Originally, like I, because I'm a Spanish teacher, I follow also like a lot of teacher accounts and I would always see people, you know, posting about like their life as a teacher and all these things. And I'm like, that is, that is me. I'm a Spanish teacher, but I have absolutely no desire to like share like what I do in the classroom or anything like that. Like I just feel that wasn't inspiring to me, but I felt like I did want to share something. I just didn't know what yet. Like I knew that I had the itch to do something. I just didn't know what. And I'm like, I'm not really like the blogger type. I don't know. I'm not like an influencer. But then as I was following these grief accounts, it like almost, I relate it back to your expander episode where I'm like watching these people do it. And I'm like, well, if they're doing this, like why can't I share what grief is like for me? And I feel like it's important to have people sharing grief that aren't like one, like older people. Like I think it needs to be younger people that are doing it. And two, maybe people that are a little bit more lighthearted and fun and colorful because I think there's this misconception that grief is like black and white or like shades of gray. And it, I mean, it can be if that's the type of person that you are. But I think if you, like me, like the the Lily Pulitzer bright colored love and girl, like grief can evolve and change to, to match who you are as a person. And so although I do have some days and hours of my day that have a lot of gray and sadness in it, overall, like I feel like I'm pink and purple and orange and all these different fun colors. And so I feel like that's what I try to do with my Instagram is like show people that grief doesn't have to be this like one, doesn't have to fit in the box. Right. So Mm-hmm. And so yeah. you're finding you've been doing okay. Hold on, let me back up for a second. A little bit of context. So you know that Kara was like the obnoxious wild one in college. I, I was right there with you. I'm not not no judgment here. Um, but in addition to that, Kara was um, coined the term very lovingly, historian Jones. Like she was the one who had the digital camera. Not not that was it a digital back then? Yeah, or was yeah. it the <laughs> Okay, the, digital, the yeah. digital camera, the pink Casio or whatever it was, purple, take it to the bar, take it to the frat house, fill up the entire card, come home, upload the whole thing that night on an album. 
500 pictures every night. Yep. And so whatever you forgot the night before, Kira had captured it and you could review your life <laughs> in her album the next morning. And half of the time it was horrifying, but you know, we all got to relive it. And so you've always had this knack for like, um, capturing memories and, um, right. I, I feel like that, yeah. that has always been in you, this, um, like sharing and this colorful and, um, wanting to other people to see how beautiful our life was by like sharing it with everybody. And so now <laughs> yeah. I feel like you've kind of parlayed that into this Instagram account and you're in the meantime, helping people by talking about something that's kind of heavy, very heavy yeah, and making it more bright and colorful, which is adding yeah. a lot of I think yeah. to the world. Yeah, no, I, I think I like even did a video about that. Like I was just like, I think that this is hilarious because I was the type of person like over pokey, pokey sticks, like have ranch hanging down my chin, like uploading and all these just pictures. what are pokey sticks again? It's like a, it's like a pizza of dough like, with cheese. Yeah. Do, do, like, right? It's like you, doughy you, bread with cheese inside. You heat then it you up dip and a heat pizza. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I just it's just like funny to me how here I am again being obnoxious about grief and I'm like this tracks like this this makes yep. sense this follows suit you know mm-hmm. so, I don't know. so do you feel like this is like part of your life purpose yeah I mean I was talking with my husband over dinner the other day and I wish I could turn it into something where it was like truly paying the bills because I do feel like way more called to do this than I do teaching. And I hate to say that because I know that like people might be listening to this at school and be like, oh, wow, Kara's heart's not in it. And that's not necessarily the case. I just, I feel like I've been through things and my life has changed. And so it's just, for me, it's such an easy thing to talk about and what I enjoy talking about. And I just feel like I have a message to share and I want to share it. So yeah, this is where I'm definitely feeling my energy drawn to. A lot, a lot. Something that you mentioned earlier on was that your husband, Mike, had also lost his mom and he was asking for a sign and, and it was delivered to you, that spark of inspiration with the with the journal. But you do talk about signs a lot and you know oh, yeah. I love signs. So why yeah. don't you tell the listeners a little bit about what you, what you mean when you say signs and just how you get them and all the things? Yeah. So I didn't really even know if I believed in any of this kind of stuff until I started to experience it firsthand. But I think in the moment when I first found out about my mom and I just had this desperation of like, oh my gosh, I'm never going to talk to her again. Like, I just need to know that like somehow we're still connected. And so, yeah, I did ask for a sign. Um, And I asked initially, the first sign I ever asked her for was um, the number six to honor my daughter's birthday. And that was like the last day we spent together. And when you say, hold on, when you say you asked her for a number six, what do you mean? How? Well, this particular time, I sent her a DM on Instagram, um, which was what? like... I've yeah. never heard that part. Yeah, no, I... And what did you was, say? Well, I sent her like a letter. I I felt like I needed to get, just talk to her. So I just like went to town and I was typing and typing and typing. But I was like, I just need to know that you're still there somehow. You're still going to be there for us. Like send me a a number six. And slowly but surely they started to appear. And as you know, my grief journey has gone on, I've learned to ask for different things. And they've always been very specific. And it's not like they just appear out of nowhere. It always like happens at a like interesting time. 
So it's like, it's synchronous too, you know? And Mm -hmm. so for example, like with the number six, like the first dinner after my dad got home from Italy, it was my dad, my brother, his girlfriend, uh, my husband, our two girls, we, we wanted to go out to eat and we we're sitting outside in the patio and I just like picked a chair and sat down and I decided I had to go to the bathroom. I got up, I came back and as I pulled my chair out, I didn't notice it before, but I saw it then there must have been like a little girl or boy that was sitting there before with like a sticker book, but they left a number, a sticker of a number six on that chair. And like, that was the chair that I had chosen. And like, that was the table that we sat at. And I was like, what the heck? Like, that's crazy. Man, I don't know. I have like so many good ones. I feel like I can go on for days. So I don't know how many you want. But yeah, I I make videos about them just because I feel like they're so cool. And like, people like really are interested in them. Like they're so, I don't know, mesmerized by the the fact that like those types of things happen. But um, yeah, they do. What is it about the sign that is like feels so good to, to you to receive? Well, I feel like in the beginning, you would almost get this like full on like body chill. Like you're like, it it stops you in your tracks. You're like, whoa. And it just, I don't know, it makes you feel like there's still a connection there. I do feel like because I've asked for so many and they've always like been delivered for the most part, I feel like now it it doesn't like phase me anymore. It's like, oh yeah, yep, mm mm-hmm, you know, and so... Sometimes it makes me ask for like more grandiose things or just like more verification. <laughs> um, so I don't know, but I guess I'm spoiled. I don't know. I just want more, but um, I don't know. It just makes me feel in a weird way that we're still connected and it makes me feel like she's watching over and still there. So you think it's mom sending signs? Yeah, but I do think it's probably other things too. Cause I think that would be kind of like, egotistical to think that it was like only my mom because I I know Mike's mom is she was like more quiet in nature so I feel like her her signs aren't as bold but I have gotten some signs from like Mike's mom too so I don't know Mm. yeah feels good yeah that's so nice what advice would you give yourself in those first few days um, knowing what you know now um I feel like you just have to take it one day at a time um because in the beginning, it's so daunting to think, oh my gosh, I have to live the rest of my life like this. And like, you don't want to go down that rabbit hole, right? Of just thinking, how am I going to get to where I am now till, I don't know, 80 years old, right? Or however old we are when we we pass. But I think that's like so daunting and you don't want to get in this mindset. So I I would say like, just try to focus on one day at a time. Um, And to just remember that it's okay to still bring them with you everywhere you go. Like that she's an integral part of like who I am as a person. So it would make sense that even though she's not physically here, like spiritually, like she is still a part of my life. And so that's okay to still have their name as part of your vocabulary and still talk about them daily and still, yeah, just honor them, remember them the best that you can. And, just know that it, it will get lighter one day. It won't feel as heavy and it will feel more balanced. So just give yourself like, I guess, a pep talk that you, you can do this. You'll get there. And follow Kara's Instagram. It'll help you. It'll make you feel better and kind of put it into perspective and, and add a little color and sunshine to your day, yeah. I think for sure. So yeah. with that, Kara, tell the listeners how they can get their hands on a copy of your book, how they can connect with you, where they can find your Instagram. 
All the sure. details, please. Um, so all of my handles are the same at Legacy Letters. Um, so if it's on Instagram at Legacy Letters Journal, if it's uh, Threads at Legacy Letters Journal, Gmail at Legacy Letters Journal at gmail.com. I do have a website, Legacy Letters Journal.com. Oh, and it's on Amazon. So okay, yeah, yeah that's where you, that's where you can find it. I, I would love to be at an independent bookstore, but um, I don't know. We'll see. We're working on it. We're manifesting it. Yeah. And just for the listeners, I will be dropping all of that info in the show notes. So get yourself a copy, one for you, one for your mom, one for your dad, one for the people that you love, one for your husband, one for your sister, one for your grandma, and one for your grandpa. All the people need this book. It is beautiful. It's so well written. It's You can tell it's divinely inspired. It, it will. It's what you what you're doing is really churning like this grief and this you know um profound loss into something really beautiful and paying it forward and i can it, i mean it pours out of you when you talk about it and it's so special and it's been such a like honor to watch you do it and overcome it and it's just incredible to me that you've lived this yeah and it's not just like a movie cuz literally when you talk about it, it sounds like, no, this doesn't happen to people, you know, this happens on TV, you know, and that you've lived it and you've come this far. And I know it's a lifelong journey, but I'm so happy that you were here to share your journey and um, your story with the listener. So thank you so much. Thank you. I love you. Love you too. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Confidence Council podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please make sure you click the follow button so that you're notified every time a new episode drops. If you want more content between episodes, check out the show's Instagram account and website, which will be linked in the show notes for you below. If you're walking away from today's episode feeling more confident or empowered in some way, please share it with a friend or share it on social media so that others can benefit from it too. Thank you again, and I'll see you back here next week. Bye for now.